This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Saturday, December 26, 2020. On this day in 1994, the hijacking of Air France Flight 8969 by four members of the armed Islamic group of Algeria concluded after two tense and deadly days. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're covering the hijacking of Air France Flight 8969 and the subsequent rescue operation conducted by French forces. Let's go back to Christmas Eve, 1994, around 11 a.m. at Houari Boumedienne Airport in Algiers. Air France Flight 8969 from Algiers to Paris was due to depart at 11.15 a.m. as the 247-seat Airbus A300, today carrying 227 passengers, sat on the runway, nearly every passenger had taken his or her seat. Then, four men in police uniforms boarded the plane. At first, no one paid them any attention until one made his way to the cockpit. Two others began inspecting passengers' passports, while the fourth man appeared to stand guard. By this time, the all-French flight crew had become deeply suspicious of the supposed officers' motives, even more so after one of the crew members noticed what looked like dynamite sticking out from one of the men's shirts. When the crew members and passengers noticed a squad of armed men surrounding the aircraft, their suspicions were confirmed. Once the four men in uniform became aware of the commotion, they announced what most already suspected. They were terrorists. And they were taking over the plane. The hijackers proclaimed that they were members of the armed Islamic group of Algeria. By taking the Air France flight hostage, they were sending a message to the French infidels that they were not welcome in their country. By 12 o'clock, 45 minutes after the flight was scheduled to depart, the French and Algerian governments became aware of the unfolding situation, along with the local media. News trucks raced to the scene, as did the Algerian Minister of the Interior, who began negotiating with the terrorists from the airport's control tower. Meanwhile, the French government made preparations of its own. A team of commandos was assembled back in France in case a rescue situation became necessary, and the French Prime Minister cut short his winter holiday to personally oversee the crisis. Meanwhile, the terrorists were growing restless and demanded that the captain fly the plane to Paris. Once arrived, they would then hold a press conference, outlining their ideology and demands. But because of all the traffic and chaos on the runway, the plane was unable to take off. Frustrated by this perceived hostility, 
the terrorists killed two passengers in quick succession, dragging them to the boarding steps outside the aircraft and shooting them in the head. A stalemate ensued for the next seven hours. As the plane sat on the runway, the terrorists spent most of their time speaking with the pilots or attempting to convert passengers to Islam. During this standoff, the French commandos were able to stage their own practice raid on an identical aircraft, and the French and Algerian governments were able to gather valuable intelligence about the hijackers. It was also at this time that the authorities received the most deeply troubling news of the entire ordeal. The terrorists' goal was not to fly to Paris and deliver a press conference. After authorities raided a terrorist safe house, they discovered evidence outlining their true plans to detonate Air France Flight 8969 above the Eiffel Tower. Coming up, both sides face a do-or-die situation as the standoff reaches its dramatic conclusion. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. If you haven't had a chance to check out the entertaining new podcast, Blind Dating, now's the time to binge what you've missed before catching all new episodes every Wednesday. In this Spotify original from Parcast, we're expanding the places you can meet your match with a twist you'll never see coming. Join host Tara Michelle as she introduces one hopeful single to two strangers in a voice-only call. Through a series of illuminating games and questions, the trio will get to know one another without the distraction of appearances. But once the cameras are turned on, is personality still enough for these strangers to fall for each other? Or will they say farewell? Connect with new episodes of Blind Dating every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On December 24th, 1994, Four heavily armed terrorists hijacked Air France Flight 8969 on the runway of Houari Boumedienne Airport in Algiers. By the following day, two passengers had been killed, the remaining passengers and crew were still being held hostage, and authorities learned that the terrorists' ultimate goal was to blow up the plane above the Eiffel Tower. On the morning of December 25th, Nearly 24 hours after the initial hijacking, the terrorists began releasing passengers, mainly women, children, and the elderly. However, Algerian authorities made a deadly mistake when they invited the mother of one of the terrorists to negotiate with her son to release the rest of the hostages and talk him out of the plot. Enraged by this betrayal, the terrorist instead killed another passenger, bringing the body count to three. At this point, another long standoff ensued until both French and Algerian authorities capitulated and allowed the aircraft to fly to Paris with one small caveat. Since the plane had been idling on the runway for nearly two days, there wasn't enough fuel to reach Paris, so the plane would land at the Marseille airport in southern France and refuel. During the refueling process, the terrorists would be allowed to conduct their press conference. What the terrorists didn't know was that the team of French commandos was also waiting for them at the airport, and they were ready to put their training to use. 
after the short flight to Marseille, the passengers finally touched down on French soil in the dawn hours of December 26th. To avoid excessive casualties in a worst-case scenario, the captain led the plane to an isolated part of the runway, as far as possible from the airport itself. From this point on, the French authorities monitoring the situation from the control tower had only one goal – to stall. For the next 12 hours, authorities engaged the terrorists in another protracted negotiation. The strategy was twofold – to wear the terrorists down and for the team of commandos to get into position to board the aircraft if needed. The plane's location also gave the commandos a vantage point to see into the aircraft and identify the four terrorists. Now all they had to do was wait. And as it turned out, they didn't have to wait long. Throughout the day, the terrorists demanded that the aircraft be refueled and flown to Paris. Each time, the authorities stalled. And finally, after 12 hours of tense negotiations, it was time to strike. Instead of emptying the toilets or delivering food and water as they'd done earlier in the day, the commandos initiated their raid. They followed a stair car toward the plane, but the terrorists saw them coming. They shot out the windows and targeted the commandos, but the highly trained soldiers stayed out of harm's way. By this point, all the terrorists were either in the front of the plane or within the cockpit. Initially, the commandos opened the plane's rear door, allowing a number of passengers to escape. Meanwhile, another group of commandos confronted the terrorists at the nose of the aircraft. Within a few minutes, three of the four terrorists were dead, and most passengers had escaped. However, one of the terrorists managed to fend off the commandos for over 20 minutes until he finally ran out of ammunition and was killed. After just under half an hour, all four terrorists were dead. The ordeal that had begun two days before was finally, mercifully, over. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories of tense standoffs like this, check out Cults on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Tony Goodman, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, there's no better time than right now to open your heart to the hit Spotify original from Parcast, Blind Dating. Every Wednesday, find out if personality alone is enough to make a love connection. Follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.